Blog Talk Radio. The following is a post-time with Mike and Mike production. Dresmick Wicked is lonely on the lead. He's up by four on the outside. Don't tell me again. Cutting into the margin, but it's Mick Wicked. Four years later, back at the top of the sport. <laughs> Homicide Hunter who sweeps past to the outside. Homicide Hunter trotting into the finish. It's Homicide Hunter who will hit the line. 148 and 4, the fastest trotter ever. Dewey did some good down the boulevard of broken dreams. Walker Meister coming at him. Walker Meister on the outside getting the best of him. Walker Meister in front. Giddy up. Three wide, all bets off. They're at the top of the stretch. Rock and Ron turns first in the Battle of Lake Erie. On the outside, bit of a legend. Rock and Ron, bit of a legend on the outside. Bit of a legend. This year's battle champion, 23 and 1. Homeward bound in gold cup and soccer. 59, somewhere fancy. Rockin' in heaven. Rose Run Quest is there. Here Fine. Twinkle takes aim in the passing lane. Now Caviar Alley in full gear outside. Shark start a feeling. Caviar Alley all out. Shark digging deep. Shark's gonna dig in here and get the win here. Shark up on the front end. Then none shall pass for Tim Dietrich. Giddy up. You're tuned in to the official podcast of the Sport of Harness Racing post-time with Mike and Mike with co-host Mike Carter. Foiled again! Holds on to win! Foiled again, tough as nails! And Mike Bozich. The Iron Horse has cemented his legacy! Giddy up! And we have got a great edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike coming up for you this week. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter welcoming you to Post Time with Mike and Mike brought to you by our good friends at Bet America and the United States Trotting Association. Always excited when we put together a show like we have today because we're going to talk about perhaps one of the most important things in the sport of harness racing marketing. We're going to talk to last year's Innovator of the Year award winner Ashley Tietrich. Her and her husband Tim just got back from Finland We're going to talk to her a little bit about social media marketing, about marketing in general, as she is certainly one of the sport's great marketers. Plus, Ryan Clemens will be joining us. Ryan Clemens has a new series out on Facebook Live, and he's gotten a lot of praise for, especially his interview with trainer Ron Burke. We're going to talk to Ryan about that. Plus, uh, you know, he's got this little thing called Catch Driver going on. Uh, I think the 2D version of Catch Driver might be back on its way for those of you that uh, don't really care for the 3D version. Plus, for the first time ever here on this program, we're going to have back-to-back guests. Adriano Sorella is going to be joining us. Adriano joined us last week. We mostly talked about uh, Jimmy Freight as he prepares for the Breeding Shed in 2020, but uh, a very big announcement was made by Adriano on Tuesday 
concerning Jimmy Freight and the Jimmy Freight Stakes coming to uh, Woodbine Mohawk. $100,000 is the purse. I believe 2023 will be the first year for that. So we're going to talk to Adriano about that, uh, plus marketing as well. So it's a marketing-themed show. Mike Carter is somewhere in the mountains of Pennsylvania as he is getting set to arrive at the Meadowlands as uh, he is going to be participating in the Meadowlands behind uh, Borrow Ken's Binoculars promotion as he will be the track announcer tonight at the Meadowlands. And Mike, as I take a look at the entries here tonight, you've got pretty much all 10 horse fields, buddy, with the exception of the second. Yeah, they uh, they cut me no breaks tonight. Uh, all 10 horse fields tonight. Uh, very A really good card, but uh, I was checking over the uh, the card for tomorrow night. Um, I'm actually going to be co-hosting with Dave Brower and I'll tell you what, what an action-packed night of racing that is going to be, and what a difficult card it was. And I'll tell you what, I've come up with a few long shots. No show bets tomorrow. No show bets at all. No show bets allowed around Brower. No, absolutely not. And I'll tell you what, this looks like a pretty competitive card tonight, Mike. And uh, listen, if you need if you need to go over some pronunciations with me, like like in the first race, number eight, Lucky Arnold. Okay, Lucky Arnold. Ten, feel the muscle. Muscle. <laughs> so if you need to go over pronunciations, give me a call after the show, will you? Of course. That's uh, that's the goal. I plan on uh, getting there here in a little bit. Uh, you know, and, you know, a lot of people ask, do announcers prepare for stuff like this? And normally when I fill in, there's not a whole lot of prep work that goes into it. I just kind of go and, you know, we kind of do it. But when you step onto the stage like the Meadowlands, you got to kind of – you know, treated a little bit differently. And so I'll get there a little early and, uh, you know, go over some past replays, check some uh, pronunciations out and go from there. Yeah. I mean, it's a different thing when you step into an announcer's booth and you have a, you've been in the Meadowlands announcer's booth before. I mean, you've not, you've done the baby races and, uh, um, you know, but when you go into a new announcer's booth, you know, it, it presents a little bit of a challenge. And, you know, like I say, I'm so used to the Harris Philly booth, and I'll be honest with you, I don't do a whole lot of preparation there because I'm just so used to it. It's, you know, it's, it's my yard. But, uh, you know, when you go into a different announcer's booth, especially at the Meadowlands, which is obviously a, a bigger racetrack than what both of us are used to calling, then, uh, you know, then you kind of resort to some of the tips and tricks. Maybe go to the, you know, the coloring of the driver's silks and the, 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 the colors and, you know, and things like that. And, you know, it's, it's – but the good thing about the Meadowlands, and you mentioned it last week, Mike, is it's a pretty darn good view. Oh, for sure. It's a fantastic view from the announcer's booth. It's probably one of the best announcer's booths I've ever been in. There's really not a blind spot to be had. and You know, that's that's really the key is to be able to see everything. Uh, they've got the HD broadcast as well. So, you know, maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll use some of the tricks and call a couple off the television. Who knows? Oh, don't you don't use the crutch, Mike. Don't use the crutch. You know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> a very interesting story. And I'm not even so sure I should say this on the air, but the first time I actually called at the Meadowlands, uh, I went down to the broadcast location and uh, visited, and uh, Dave Brower was actually, I believe, in Florida at the time, and it was Ken Warkinson and Peter Kleinhands that were doing the uh, the Between Race Handicapping show, so I talked to Ken, and I said, listen, guys, I said, you both are great seasoned announcers. I said, do you have any advice for this newbie? And, uh, you know, Ken Warkinson giving me the whole thing, well, you know, use the binoculars and, and do this and do that, and kind of tips and tricks. And uh, so Ken went out for about five minutes about some of the different things he does. So then I turned to Peter Kleinhans because I noticed he was kind of rolling his eyes. And they're very good friends, by the way. And so I, I noticed Pete was kind of rolling his eyes and smiling. And I said, well, Pete, what advice do you have? And uh, Pete goes, just use the TV. 
can work this out. Oh, no, you cannot do that. That is cheating. And uh, Pete says, just use the TV. So, you know, I went up there and, you know, first couple of races, I tried to do the binocular thing, and it was okay. But, uh, you know, the picture at the Meadowlands is so crystal clear. It's so crystal clear. And, you know, it's a nice big, I think it's like a 48, 49-inch TV that is right on the wall in the announcer's booth at the Meadowlands. And it just makes things so easy that I could actually understand now why Ken Middleton calls the way he does. Oh, for sure. I, I've called a couple of races up at Woodbine Mohawk Park, and there's no question that that's the way to go up there. I mean, you've got the HD, you've got trackers, you've got everything you could potentially need to uh, make your race call, you know, what it needs to be. And so I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, it's my first pair mutual card at the Meadowlands. And, uh, you know, it's been well worth the wait, that's for sure. All right, Mike, let's get down to business. The It is post time with Mike and Mike Award season, as we like to say. And uh, I'll tell you what, the deadline to make those nominations is uh, certainly right upon us. Yeah, the deadline is Monday. Don't wait until Wednesday like Bozich is going to try to do. Um, do me a favor and please have them in by Monday at noon. Um, I've got to sit down and write all the bios and stuff. So please make sure you submit a little bit of information to go with it. Cause, uh, last year I was calling Mike at midnight on Wednesday going, who the heck is this horse? I've never heard of him. So please do me, do me and do us a favor. Um, and let us know, uh, why you're nominating this person or horse. Um, we will send out all the bio information next Thursday is our post time with Mike and Mike awards nomination show. It is something that we look forward to each and every year. We've got uh, six or seven categories. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it certainly is. It's going to be fantastic. So once again, nominations have to be in by Monday at noon. Please visit our website, post time with Mike and Mike. We'll be pretty active on social media this weekend, reminding everybody to try to get those nominations in because, you know, I mean, like me, I mean, people wait to the last minute to do a lot of things, even though I got to tell you, we've got quite a few nominations for categories already. And it, uh, it's going to be a very interesting, judging by the, the nominees, it's going to be very interesting. I don't think there's any slam dunks in any categories this year. So uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how that turns up. Once again, nominations, uh, your deadline is Monday afternoon what else mike uh, we, like we said we got a great show today we're talking marketing today mike i love these kind of shows because obviously marketing is the most important thing i think in the sport of harness racing marketing and promotion is definitely the most important thing in the sport of harness racing i completely agree with that statement you know it's one thing to be um to be a good marketer but you have to be active about it you gotta actively promote on social media um, me and Adriano were talking a little bit this morning. Um, I gave him a call on my, as I'm driving to the Meadowlands. And we were talking, and, you know, it's not just about marketing. Um, you got to use your free tools, like your social media. And uh, one thing about that is Teacher Gracing has been fantastic about that. Ashley Teacherick does a phenomenal job with Teacher Gracing. And one of the big things they do, Mike, is they utilize the free marketing tools that are available to them, and it's Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, absolutely. Social media is a big thing. And Ashley Teacher is going to be joining us here in just a second, and she's going to uh, talk a little bit about social media because Teacher Gracing is very active on social media. So we're going to talk to her about that coming up in just a few minutes after this timeout. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America and the USTA. The Jason Beam Horse Racing Podcast, brought to you by Twinspire. 
is your home for daily thoroughbred horse racing conversation. Join host Jason Bean as he discusses racing from around the country, interviews jockeys, trainers, media personalities, and horse players every Monday through Friday. The show can be found at Twinspires.com or on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. The Jason Beam Horse Racing Podcast, brought to you by Twinspires. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike Are you a harness racing trainer or driver? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers and trainers. Hey, racing fans, we all know the ride begins well before the starting gate. Stay warmed up around the clock at PennHorseRacing.com, your home for all things harness and thoroughbred racing. PennHorseRacing.com gives you the inside track on betting, industry events, breeding, news, and more. You know, everything that'll give you an edge come post-time. Visit PennHorseRacing.com today. Brought to you by the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. Family problems all winning. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the United States Tronic Association. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter. Mike Carter currently en route to the Meadowlands, as he will be announcing tonight's card. And uh, Mike, real quick, before we bring Ashley Tietrich in, let's bring you in for just a second, because last week you had a chance to attend the symposium. So maybe uh, after we, uh, we kind of get our guests out of the way, maybe we could talk a little bit about that, because I know you were kind of excited about some of the things that uh, took place there. Yeah, there was a lot of great things that happened out, out there at the uh, racing symposium. Mattress Mac was out there. We all know Mattress Mac from the big World Series bet that he made. Uh, he kind of hedged his bets a little bit on the Houston Astros. So it was really cool to kind of hear his story and hear all about him. And the whole thing just in general was a lot of fun. All right. Well, we got a marketing theme show today. And like I said, always when we have a show like this where we have a theme that we talk to all of our guests about, it's very exciting, especially marketing, because I think it's so important. Right now, it's the 2018 USTA Innovator of the Year Award winner, Ashley Tietrich. Ashley, welcome to the program. Welcome back from uh, beautiful, warm Finland. How are you? Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me. All right. First of all, we have to talk about Finland. Uh, Timmy did so well up there. Uh, you guys had a great time. And, of course, uh, it looks like Timmy took you to do some shoe shopping, too. Oh, yeah. You know, like it would, like any great horseman, I, I knew I was going to get shopping somewhere. I was just thankful it was at FinTech. <laughs> but uh, Finland was incredible. It was a um, five-star trip from top to bottom. The uh, Finnish 
people and horsemen are absolutely amazing. Blew away every expectation that we had. And uh, uh, I have to be honest, when we got to Raviniemi and looked at the track, I, I, I looked at him and he looked at me and I, we were both a little nervous, but, um, you know, the, all those horsemen know that what they're doing. And when those horses get on the track, they track perfect and they, they're all, you know, ready to race. So it was, it was amazing. Ashley, talk a little bit about what that racetrack was like over there. Uh, obviously uh, a different kind of racetrack than what we're used to. And, uh, you know, obviously different kind of horses with the cold blood. Oh, yeah. I mean, of course, they have standard breads as well. That that particular track surface, um, Raveniemi Racing, I believe, originated, um, they started racing in the middle of winter on the the lake, one of the lakes in downtown. Um, when it froze over, they added snow, and they maintained the snow surface about four to seven inches above the ice. And when they actually had, you know, the real racetrack that they have now, it is a snow track on an ice base. So uh, it's very different than what we're used to and what we know. But um, I was blown away by the cushion and the amount of uh, material on the track. And it's kind of strange to not see Harrow's going around that track and seeing uh, uh, snow movers instead. <laughs> Visiting with Ashley Dietrich. Ashley, we're going to get to marketing in just a second. But uh, one more question about Finland. What, what uh, brought about uh, you guys going? You know, um, in about May or June, I, I received a phone call from a gentleman named Tapi Hoka. He is a promoter and a TV personality and also a horseman over in Finland. He's very well regarded and well respected. And um, he had called and said that they were preparing to do an Arctic race horse challenge. Um, it was going to be a three race uh, challenge and they wanted the best in the world to come and um, you know, uh, that was for sure an honor, and it was very humbling. And uh, Tim and I spoke about it, and, um, it, you know, it's a little bit out of our comfort zone, but um, he said, you know, that's a really good time of year for me. It's something that's great, and I'd love to always – I love going to new places and to race different horses. So uh, it, we just kind of took the leap of faith, and – um, Sonia Booth uh, is a, a horseman here in the United States. She's Finnish, and she was my kind of my ears and eyes. And I asked her what she thought, and she said, "Go, it it'll be incredible." And she was absolutely right. Now, Ashley, let's talk a little bit about marketing from that standpoint. Uh, obviously, uh, me and you have done some discussion uh, about our numbers uh, from the week and from the weekend. You know. I, Many people before this weekend may not have even heard of the Arctic Challenge. The, the media personnel there were sending photos out just as quickly and video out as quickly as they could. Talk about what that was like to kind of see from uh, a different standpoint. Oh, it was, well, it, it, it was incredible. Uh, the first and foremost thing that I recognize is that the Finnish racing and, and the Finnish fans are, have an incredible marketing graphic design teams they're very well organized um they focus on immediacy um you know they are very prompt uh it's pretty impressive to see an interview or 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 um something or a photo be taken and within minutes it's created into a graphic and it's shared and so sincerely you know the finnish um marketers and promoters made my job very easy because they were able to 
push out the material and the information in such a fast, simple format that it's it's easy for myself and my partner, John, uh, to share and get rolling. So um, I have to applaud their effort. They are sincerely first class when it comes to marketing. And speaking about marketing, uh, Ashley, over the last couple of years, uh, you guys have branded Teetrick Racing, and you've really been an online monster as far as marketing. I mean, you guys do promotions, you guys do contests, you guys do a lot of different things to try to engage people, try to get people active, um, you know, not only on your page, but in the sport of harness racing in general. I know we've talked about this before, but it's been a while since we've had you on. Sure, we have a lot of new listeners since then. Tell us about where the idea came from to brand Teachwick Racing and to be such an online presence that you guys are today? Well, it, um, when, when I, in about 2005, I was working at Balmoral Racetrack, and um, I was just an outrider. I had a quarter horse background. I had nothing to do with standard bread racing or standard breads ever in my life. And I was always very frustrated that I didn't really know what was going on. You know, um, it would be nights I'd jump to the racetrack to work, and it was super night, and I, I didn't know. And, and I had such a hard time finding information um, that it kind of always rang a bell with me, like, this is completely unacceptable. Um, we have an amazing, incredible sport with these athletes of horses, these athletes of drivers, these incredible horsemen. And, you know, finding information is next to impossible. And, and this has to stop. And um, I went uh, to school to, I went to Purdue University and I graduated with a marketing degree uh, in, and I have to thank harness racing because it was because of me at the racetrack I was able to pay my way through school. Um, so later on when, when I, I worked full time and Tim drove full time and when you know we had our, our kids and, and slowed down a little bit, I said to myself, Nobody, nobody's going to promote this sport for you. If you're going to do this, you need to do it yourself. And at first I was very concerned that um, people would assume that our marketing effort was um, self-indulgent and, um, and, you know, one directed for just us. But in, sincerely, our goal is two things, is it's to highlight the sport overall, uh, number one, but in number two, hopefully to get other people inspired to do that jump on the bandwagon. Now, Ashley, uh, what does it take to kind of build that content each and every day and each and every week? Obviously, you know, putting the same thing out there week after week, you know, gets dry, gets boring. How do you guys keep people engaged every day and every week? Well, I have, I sincerely have to applaud um, inspiration, I think, is the number one thing that takes to get that done. And uh, I find so much inspiration. Um, John Adamski is a, is a, a genuinely, he's, harness racing fan slash small owner and years ago he came to me and said you know we need to do this and he has a nascar background which um, i'm always enthralled with and he uh, said this is what we have to do and he inspires me every day he comes up with graphics and ideas and prepares um you know a calendar of hey this you know if, if we're talking Hamiltonian, you know, we're talking about Hamiltonian on June 1st. You know, we're not talking Hamiltonian on Hamiltonian week. Uh, so, you know, having a partner to inspire you and your true love of racing, 
Um, that's what kind of makes it, because the content is not easy to come up with. Um, and sometimes, you know, things get a little controversial in, in a, and you don't even mean to do it. So, you know, it's one of those things where you just have to keep kind of trucking through it and uh, um, find inspiration wherever that may be. Visiting with Ashley Tietrich, last year's Innovator of the Year Award winner. Ashley, uh, one of the big things, one of the big um, complaints that you kind of see out there, and I think it's got some merit actually, is uh, the fact that a lot of times we're preaching to the choir um, in a sense, and we're not uh, maybe doing enough or as much as we should to try to attract new people, to try to turn people on uh, to the sport of harness racing kind of outside of our circle. What do you think we need to do better as an industry to kind of get outside this circle and kind of reach new people, especially younger people, try to get them interested in the sport? Yeah. And, and I, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I am not, I am, try to be the type of person where I never, I never mention negativity unless I can promote a solution. And I get very frustrated as well because I feel that you nailed it. You know, we, we preach to the choir. One of the big things that I think we really miss the boat on are, are the stories behind this racing industry. Um, and, and we, unfortunately, our business is so fast and so immediate and so busy and so intense that we lack time to put towards certain stories and share situations that are occurring. You know, certain owners that have done incredible things to make sure that they can maintain their racing stable or trainers that have been through hard times with certain horses or, or, I mean, I still think, and I'm so biased, uh, a young boy from central Illinois or southern Illinois, excuse me, uh, with uh, born with a degenerative hip disease, has now, you know, done everything that he's ever dreamed of times ten. I mean, this is what Disney is made of. And if we could take go back to the stories and go back to the root of why we love our business and why we love our horses, I think a lot of of our, our our issues are abolished and, and people can come back and enjoy it. And, you know, Finland's a perfect example. I mean, Picariti, the little Finnish bred, uh, the Finn bred horse that Tim drove and won with, there were grown men crying uh, at the racetrack that evening because they so love their horses and they so love their breed um, and that that's a beautiful story when you get to say this American standard bred guy comes in and he appreciates and adores the Finnish bred horse just as much as the Finns did. And I think that once we can recognize, we can nail down the stories, I think that that's going to take us all a long way. Good stuff. Ashley, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. And uh, listen, I'm, well, I'm sure we'll be catching up to you really, really soon. Oh, well, thanks for having me, and I, I can't thank everybody enough for following us on our journey. All right. And by the way, real quick, Ashley, before we let you go, let's uh, let's give a little plug to Teachrick Racing. Uh, obviously, guys are active on Facebook, active on social media. Uh, if somebody out there that's listening that, that hasn't uh, or doesn't follow, where can, where can they get you guys at? Yeah, if, if you guys are on social media, you can find us just about anywhere, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook at Teetrick Racing. Of course, we have our online store, teetrickracinggear.com. 
Um, you know, we love interaction. We love your photos. So never be afraid to, you know, tag us out in, in any of your photos. And we love sharing your stories too. Good stuff, Ashley. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. All right, that was Ashley Tietrich. And boy, I'll tell you what, Mike, she hit the nail absolutely on the head in her last statement about uh, creating stories. And, and that's, you know, that's what this show is meant to do. And I hope we do uh, a good enough job at it o- over the past couple of years. You know, Mike, when we sat down and talked about uh, this show and the point of this show before this show existed, that was our point to try to tell some of these great stories that exist in harness racing. Right. That was the goal. I, I can't remember exactly what the, what the exact quote was, but we, we always said we wanted to tell the small time story. And even when we go to our live remotes and things like that, we catch up with, you know, even the Kings who have so much success, there are so there, you know, to hear them, the passion that they have for the sport of harness racing. I mean, it's, it's an amazing, amazing thing that a lot of people have that people just don't get to hear about. All right, lots left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, uh, presented by Bet America and the USTA as we continue talking about marketing our sport. Adriano Sorella is going to be joining us. Mike, I believe that Adriano may be the very first one, but this show's been on the air for about three and a half years now, four years, and I think Adriano is the first one ever to go back-to-back on this program. Well, he he told me we had, he had a big announcement, and I thought he was going to release it on the show, and uh you know, but uh, that's okay. We'll give him a pass. We'll give him a we'll pass. Get, we'll give it. Well, you know what? Listen, we certainly we certainly want to talk about that. We know that Adriano's got a big marketing mind. So this is – I'm so looking forward to this interview to try to pick Adriano's brain about uh, some of his ideas and, and uh, what we can do. And I'll tell you what. One thing about Adriano, he, he thinks outside of the box, and I think we found that out on Tuesday. So we're going to talk to Adriano about that. Plus, another one that thinks outside of the box, Ryan Clemens. Uh, he, uh, hey, come up with a little thing called Catch Driver, came up with Off and Pacing, and now he's doing uh, a very nice Facebook Live series that uh, I'm so excited to see uh, where he kind of sits down. At, you know, it's an interesting concept, Mike, because he sits down with a glass of wine or a beer and just talks to these guys and, and, and girls, and I love it. I absolutely love that format. So uh, we're going to talk to Ryan about that plus much more. We're also going to – Mike, remind me before we get off the air. I do want to talk to you about the symposium because, I, you know, a lot of great ideas were exchanged there. So don't let me get sidetracked uh, in, the, in this show early because I, I want to catch up with you on that too. we got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America and the USTA. We'll be back in just a moment. Southern Oaks has been the winter home of many great horses competing in several different stakes programs. It's home to leading trainers such as Irv Miller, John Shane, Eddie Lohmeyer, and Ian Moore, just to name a few. The farm is conveniently located within 45 minutes of both the Orlando Airport and Daytona Beach in sunny Florida. Southern Oaks, arguably the best training service in all of Florida, has stalls for rent for the winter season. For more information, visit southernoakstraining.com. That's southernoakstraining.com. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555.
The Jason Beam Horse Racing Podcast, brought to you by Twinspire, is your home for daily thoroughbred horse racing conversation. Join host Jason Beam as he discusses racing from around the country, interviews jockeys, trainers, media personalities, and horse players every Monday through Friday. The show can be found at Twinspires.com or on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. The Jason Beam Horse Racing Podcast, brought to you by Twinspire. Every year, the Harness Horse Youth Foundation travels the country to share the love of harness racing with the next generation. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation educates, introducing youth to new friends and opportunities. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Learn how you can support bringing kids and horses together, building a stronger future for the sport. Visit hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. Back on post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USDA. Before we get to our next guest, just want to let you know that Winback Farm of Ontario is proud to welcome four exciting new stallions for 2020. Of course, the uh, subject of last week's conversation, Jimmy Freight, the 2018 O'Brien Award winner at three, winner of the 2019 Dayton Pacing Derby and Mohawk Gold Cup. How about McWicked, the 2018 Horse of the Year in U.S. and Canada, the richest pacing stallion in harness racing history? Stag Parney, 2018 O'Brien Award winner at two, winner of the Metro Pace in the bank. Son of two million, Donato Hanover and Lantern Kronos. And a Breeders' Crown and Stanley Dancer Memorial winner. For more information, visit windbackfarm.com. That's windbackfarm.com. Some big things going on at Windback Farm of Ontario. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter. And right now we're joined by one of the great marketing minds going back to back. He was a guest last week, and he's right back here this week, Adriano Sorella. Adriano, I'll tell you what. You absolutely rocked the harness racing world on Tuesday with your announcement of the Jimmy Freight Stakes. Tell us where that concept came from, and how long have you been sitting on this, my friend? Good morning, everybody. Uh, yes, uh, we. I've been actually talking about this or, or thinking about doing something like this. Um, it's been the last couple of months that we've been working with uh, with uh, Woodbine Entertainment to try to get this done. Uh, it, this is not a new idea. This is something that was done back in the 80s. But, I mean, this was done before the Internet, before social media, before all the advertising and ways we had to promote stallions and help out breeders uh, and buyers. So uh, I think that it's something that uh, it's, uh, it's been dormant for over 40 years. So it's something that we should be doing. And uh, I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, Woodbine Entertainment's pretty excited about it. And uh, away we go. Adriano, talk a little bit about, obviously it's only been a couple of days, but talk about what this has kind of done uh, for his book thus far uh, for 2020. Has, have people been calling and inquiring uh, from Winback or from yourself about how to get involved with Jimmy yes. Freight? Yeah, it's, it's actually been pretty good. I'm actually, I was a little bit surprised that the, the um, you know, the, the response was as good as it was. Uh, you know, obviously we, I went into it thinking this is going to help uh, the stallion, but at the same time, it was more to help out the buyers and breeders. I've been on both ends of that, and I always hear about, 
you know, breeders, it takes so long to get a horse to the track and, or to, to get it to the, the sale. And, you know, there's no money in breeding sometimes I hear. And I was like, let's do something that's an incentive to, to breeders. Like there's something that they have that they can go to the sale with. And for the buyers, it's a, a race for $100,000 with no stakes payments, with no entry fees. And when you're buying a Jimmy Freight baby, you know, you're eligible for this race. And, you know, it's top 10 get in. I mean, like, you know, your odds of being in is, are pretty good, if you ask me. And uh, you don't have to worry about that come February, March, April, May. When you're paying stakes payments, that stake is right there on your, on your sheet, and there's no payments for it. So it's pretty exciting. And uh, right now, the response has been absolutely great, and I'm pretty excited about it. Adriano, do you think this is something – that could kind of be uh, trend-setting, trailblazing in a sense? Do you think maybe we're going to see uh, a lot more of this actual concept in the sport of harness racing done by others? Why not? Like, if it doesn't take away from any of the other stakes races, I mean, for provincial programs, um, local programs, you can fit it into a schedule. Like, we, we know the dates that we more or less want to use, and if it's in perfectly, like where we think it's going to be, and why can't it be something? Why can't it be, you know, the babies of, you know, the, the foals of Jimmy Freight and the foals of some other horse, and, you know, we're going for 200000 or maybe one fifty, you know, or maybe we carry it over to, you know, a couple different divisions. Uh, there's nothing that stops us from being able to do that. It's just creativity and somebody willing to put up the money, and, and that's basically all, all it is. And I think it can be done. And in the last couple of days, I've had a lot of phone calls from people in the industry, big and small, that have brought up some suggestions and even some that would want to partner in and do something with the same sort of format and other formats we've discussed. Because I've thought of different formats that we can do and different ways that we can promote it, not just one big race, but maybe something that's tiered. And we've had ideas about it, and I've spoken to a few different people of maybe doing this as well. And right now, it just seems like, you know, everyone's on the, on the positive side for this. And, you, you know, I think we're going to see uh, some other stuff like this in the near future. Adriano, when you brought this up to Woodbine Mohawk Park and the guys at Woodbine Entertainment, what was their reaction? Did they look at you like you had six heads? Or where, what was the reaction from their team? So, you know, this, the, my first idea was totally different. It was even before I pitched it to WEG, it was a, it was a different idea that I had altogether for, for Jimmy Freight. And someone mentioned the, the race to me that this race was done back in the 80s. And I said, hey, if we can do this a little bit differently. I said, this is probably a, a great idea. Winback was on board. We had this discussion in Harrisburg. Um, we went to dinner one night and I brought this up and everybody seemed to be on the same page. We're all excited about it. So that's when I reached out to Jessica Buckley over at uh, uh, WEG and she was excited right from the get go. She says, this is a great idea. I'm pretty sure that the board would like this idea. We probably get this passed. Most likely we'll get this passed. And, uh, and that's all it took. And then we went back and forth. There was obviously some legal documents and, uh, you know, which are very important when you're doing something like this with a big track and that's, you know, uh, Mohawk is, is our big track here. And, um, you know, the board loved the idea. Uh, we put the pen to paper and we got it done and there's a lot of excitement there. And last night I was talking to their, uh, to their media team and getting a lot of stuff prepared for our, our you know, our sponsorship because we're doing also a sponsorship with, uh, with Mohawk Park. And we're just putting, uh, 
putting all the ideas in place, and, and uh, we're ready to roll soon. Visiting with uh, prominent horse racing owner Adriano Sorella and uh, a, one of the top marketers, uh, I like to call him, in the sport of harness racing. Adriano, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the things that you're doing on social media. Obviously, you've got the contest going on each and every day. You've got the 12 days of, of Christmas, uh, Jimmy Freight kind of theme there, and you've got the spinning wheel. There's so many names on that spinning wheel now. It's like I just I go blind trying to see them, which is great to see because it means people are getting involved. Tell us about kind of where that concept came from, and, and uh, tell us about what it takes for you to kind of put this thing on in social media. Yeah, we, we do something very similar for, for our trade shows and stuff like that that we do in advertising. So it wasn't that it was a, 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 you know, a new concept for myself. It was something that I know that works already. Social media, sharing, all the rest of that stuff. It, it just happened so quickly and so fast, uh, especially within our industry, that um, you know, I, I figured it was a no-brainer to go ahead and do something like this. The 12 Days of Christmas is uh, kind of like a, a play on what Ellen DeGeneres does, but uh, except without her prizes, of course. But, um, you know, along the same lines, I figured we'd give out some tangible stuff. I didn't want to give out hats and T-shirts and things like that. I wanted to give out stuff that people could use. We've been giving out, uh, two days ago, we gave out a big screen TV set. Yesterday, we gave out a PlayStation 4. Um, we had some pretty good prizes, tablets, all the rest of that stuff. And the coffee cards pretty much is, is a, like a nice personal touch. We have coffee cards with the drivers on it and, um, you know, we have some with the trainers and just a bunch of different stuff and people use it. Like, I mean, you're going to go, you're going to use a coffee cart. You know, I brought up an example to, um, to some friends of mine. I said, you know, people donate and do all that stuff all year round, but doesn't it feel good when the car in front of you pays for your coffee at, you know, a Duncan or a Tim Hortons or something like that. It kind of changes your day. And I said, and this is what we're doing. This is what our plan is. It's trying to make people feel a little bit better, you know, have a good day, uh, share some stuff. And at the same time, we're promoting our stallion. We're promoting the sport. We're going to be promoting WAG. We're promoting the farm. And we're doing it through social media and sharing, which takes off, as you can see. And, you know, it's shared amongst friends of friends of friends. So your friends list on social media might not have all harness racing horse people. It's going to have your friends from school, your friends from work, people who have no idea what even harness racing is. And if we get one person, even one person who pays interest to this, we've already accomplished what we were set out to accomplish. That was going to be my next question. And I threw this uh, next question at Ashley and I thought she had a tremendous answer. I can't wait to hear yours. I think you kind of touched on it a little bit, uh, but I'll throw it at you. Anyway, you know, a lot of one of the chief complaints, I think, that we hear from a lot of people, like I said, I think it's got some merit, is that a lot of times we're preaching to the choir. We're preaching to people that are kind of in the inner circle of harness racing, and we don't do a good enough job to kind of bust out of that circle and try to reach and attract young people. What can we do to kind of reach and attract some of those new people, some of those people that, uh, quite frankly, have maybe never even heard of harness racing? Well, well, that's just it. So I think that, you know, some of these points are are valid. We do preach to the choir sometimes. Like, I mean, we just share things amongst ourselves. The stories are are for ourselves. Like, you know, there's not a lot of people that know our industry without, you know, being inside our industry. So, like, when you share stuff like this, like, let's just go for the, the social media part of it. When you share stuff on social media and you hit friends of friends, you're starting to open up a different marketplace. 
And so I'm trying to make it interesting the same way like the teacher fan page and all the rest of that stuff. They do, they try to make it interesting for people. And sometimes you have to give things away. Let's, let's be honest, people like that. But you make it interesting for people so they can come over and they can see more of the good than any of the bad that sometimes we have to deal with. And that's more the objective here. The objective is to reach out to people within our industry where they can share it within their friends. Because sometimes people don't do that. They go to their job, they do the nine to five job, and later on they go for dinner or whatever. And people that they know that know nothing about harness racing have no clue what we're doing. They don't know. They just look at it as horse racing and it's at the racetrack. So if we can share with our friends, our family, or people that we know that are outside of the industry, even if we get one person coming to a racetrack or sharing a Jimmy Frey page or looking at, you know, what's this Winback place and looking at Winback, even if we have one person do that, you know, we, we have accomplished something. We've gotten a new fan of one person that's interested in the sport. And basically that word of mouth, that works. Word of mouth eventually gets across. And, you know, it's, I'm not saying you're going to fill the stands at racetracks, but it's a start. And social media is very, very powerful if you use it correctly. Adriano, I have to ask, uh, it's a two-part question. Number one, what do you think this has kind of done for the breeding industry and stuff in Iowa? Number two, how many more Iowa breads do you plan on buying? <laughs> <laughs> I Believe me, I get approached with the Iowa breads all the time. So, um, you know, I think it's great for them. They're, they're pretty excited about it. I know some of them are going to be breeding to Jimmy. They, it's, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you see a heck of a lot of Jimmy horses, you know, in years to come down uh, down in Iowa, but you know, they're excited for it because for them it was, uh, you know, it was something that just happened and, and it kind of, you know, he, he turned out to be a star, you know, the star of Iowa. So they're pretty excited about it, but I think it's, we go beyond that. I think it's for every small area. I think it's like, look at Ohio, Ohio a few years ago was considered small, you know, now look at them. They got money. They're doing big things down there. They have tons of sire stakes races. They have some grand circuit horses that are coming out of there. You have some top trainers that are in Ohio. You know, that's, I'm not saying that that's all happened within the last few years, but when someone first looked at Ohio, you know, they considered that like a small state, like a small place for racing, but it's not that anymore. They're becoming as powerful as any. And that's what you try to do. I'm not saying that Iowa is going to be the next Ohio or the next Pennsylvania, but what I'm saying is we have to try to reach from, from all areas of harness racing and not just focus on one. And I think that if we can accomplish that, and I'm not saying that I'm going to be the one to accomplish it, but I'm just saying if we do more positive things and head in this direction and we use the powers and the tools that we have, social media, advertising, sharing, simple things like that, everyone can be successful. Well, I'll tell you what, my friend, if we can clone about a thousand of you, we'd be the top sport in the in the world right now. That's a, I could <laughs> tell you that right now. Adriana, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. We appreciate all that you do. And and uh, listen, for anybody out there that uh, that may not follow you as of yet, uh, they can follow you on Facebook, right? Uh, they can definitely follow me on uh, Facebook, Adriano Sorella. I'm not easy. I'm not hard to find. Uh, we have posts up there every day. We're sharing uh the 12 days of giveaways we're on day number i think day number seven we're on day number seven and uh we got some wowzers coming for the last uh, few days so it's uh it's going to be some nice prizes for some nice people and uh, happy holidays to all of them good stuff buddy thank you for what you do man and we'll catch up with you soon okay perfect have a good show guys thank you
Man, oh, man. I'll tell you what, Mike. You want to talk about somebody that – I want – you know, listen. You want to talk about somebody that's passionate about the sport and somebody that's willing to put, quite frankly, his money where his mouth is as far as his love of the game goes, look no further than Adriano Sorella. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you talk about putting their money where their mouth is. This promotion isn't cheap. PlayStation 4. PlayStation 4, Mike. If I'd have known that it was a PlayStation 4, I would have been in that. I would have tried to sneak about 100 entries under different names. Yeah, but here's the thing. You know, look at the promotion from last night. He's got AirPods with the charging case, and Jimmy Freight is on it. I mean, imagine how many of those that he's got, and those things are $200 a pop at least. I'll tell you what, man. He's throwing some money around and putting some money into this thing, and he's reaping the rewards and doing an amazing job. Well, you know what? It's it's just somebody giving back to a sport that's been very good to him. And and uh, listen, a lot of I think a lot of people are starting to do that now, and that's good for the sport, Mike. That is absolutely good as we move forward, as we move into this day and age of my kind of the Racino thing, where you know what? Listen, the emphasis is so much more on horsemen and us in general to promote our industry. For sure, we have to promote our industry, and we have to do more to help ourselves, and that's. You know, that's really the big thing behind it. All right. Lots left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. Ryan Clements is in the on-deck circle, another monster promoter of the sport of harness racing. And it seems like he's got something new going on each and every day. We can't even keep up with Ryan. And uh, so we're going to talk to Ryan about that. Plus, uh, we're going to talk to you, Mike, before we uh, get off the air about uh, how the symposium went. Some great ideas exchanged there. So we're going to talk about that as well. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USGA. Back in a moment. From the edge of your seat starts to the white knuckle finishes. Horse racing is truly a ride unlike any other. One that the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association intends to preserve in the Keystone State for years and years to come. From our breeders to track operators to you, the fan. PHRA is here to bring everyone together for the benefit of the sport we love and the majestic athletes we adore. Learn more about the PHRA's mission at PennHorseRacing.com. Brought to you by the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. Southern Oaks has been the winter home of many great horses competing in several different stakes programs. It's home to leading trainers such as Irv Miller, John Shane, Eddie Lohmeyer, and Ian Moore, just to name a few. The farm is conveniently located within 45 minutes of both the Orlando Airport and Daytona Beach in sunny Florida. Southern Oaks, arguably the best training service in all of Florida, has stalls for rent for the winter season. For more information, visit southernoakstraining.com. That's southernoakstraining.com. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. We're back on post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, we're 
talking marketing today, and we've learned some really good things from Ashley Teacher and Adriano Sorella, and it's going to continue right now with one of the young innovators in the sport of harness racing. I think he was back-to-back innovator uh, of the year back in the 2017 and 2018. His name is Ryan Clements. And Ryan, I got to tell you, buddy, it seems like you've got, I, I can't even keep up with you because you've got something new and innovative going on, it seems like, each and every day. Oh, well, we're, we're working away trying to come up with some new ideas and, uh, you know, it's definitely not every day, but it, uh, we're, we're moving pretty quick. It feels like. All right. Well, li- well, listen, I don't even know where to start. So I guess let's start with, uh, this new series that you, well, no, actually, no, we're not going to start with the new series you have. We're going to start with something that you came up with called the bit. And listen, we've, uh, kind of talked about on this show before we've touched on, you know, there's some great content out there in the sport of harness racing. I mean, all around social media. And uh, listen, we talked to two of them, Ashley Tietrich with Tietrich Racing, Adriano Sorella doing what he does, uh, North American Harness Update doing what they do, us doing what we do. I mean, a lot of different things going on, but it seems like in a lot of times it kind of gets frustrating because it seems like a lot of us are kind of going off in a different direction. And I think I get your theme here. You kind of want to put it all in one place. And I think that's something that's badly needed. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely uh, meant to be a central hub. I mean, following uh, Ashley and Adriano, it's, uh, it's a tough tough act to follow. I've learned a lot from uh, both of them, and both of them are doing great things from the sport uh, for the sport. Um, the bit, what it's meant to be is, is you know what, I don't want to compete against all that great content that's out there. Like you said, there's so many incredible things being done. Um, I just think that we've identified a few a few gaps in that, in that content as well. There's, you know, there's so much professional work done um, after the big races and promoting the big races and um, you know, those interviews talking about the drives or talking about the horses. And, and I, I just sort of, um, I want to bring, bring a different side of things, I guess, and uh, fill in some of those gaps. I think we've identified uh, something that people are looking for and then uh, something fresh and new, I guess. And Ryan, talk to us a little bit about the time and energy that goes into this. Obviously, you guys, you know, you don't have the biggest team in the world. What what does it take to kind of put this show on? Not just the bit, not just your podcast that you recently started, but the game itself. I mean, this is a lot of work and a small amount of people. Yeah, I mean, there's five of us now full-time. When we started, it was uh, it was me and one other software developer, and you know, I won't lie. It was, uh, it was really hard. I had enough money to pay the, pay the other developer for six months and, uh, we needed revenue and we, you know, we haven't, uh, we've had great partnerships with the industry, but we've never received a penny in funding from the industry. So we set out to build our games and, uh, and we needed them to earn revenue in order to keep us going. So it's, it's been a grind every step of the way. Um, every penny that we've earned from our games and more has gone back into, um, building what's, what's next. And we're just sort of, trying to ride that wave and trying to ramp up and, uh, and, and putting all of our effort and all of our resources right back into what's coming next. Visiting with Ryan Clements. Now, Ryan, let's talk a little bit about uh, your Facebook Live series. I think you've uh, pretty much got about, what, four or five interviews down under your belt, and uh, obviously you got really, uh, really big accolades for the Ron Burke interview. And I'll tell you what, if you haven't uh, heard that yet, it's, it's an unbelievable interview. Uh, you can check that out on uh, Ryan Clements' Facebook page, but uh, Ryan, talk about where that concept kind of came from. I love the idea of it. It's just, it's, it's so informal. And one of the things I like about it is that the, you know, it's, it's, it, and let's be honest, it's tough to get horsemen to kind of drop their guard a little bit. And that's, 
what mm-hmm. you've managed to do. And when they do, some great stories come out. Yeah, I mean, where where that really stemmed from was any of the sports that I watch other than horse racing. I'm a lot more invested if I know who the people are. And I've, I've you know, a good example is I've sort of stopped watching hockey in the last um, year or so. When I try to turn on a game now, and if I don't know who the players are, if I'm watching a team that I don't, that I don't know these players, I'm really not interested in the game. It's still a great game. Hockey's a great sport. But if I don't know these players, I'm just not as interested and I'm quicker to turn the channel. So when it came to this, I was sort of looking around and, you know, uh, the, the first episode was with Bob McClure. So I went on YouTube and I'm searching Bob McClure. I mean, the guy won the Hamiltonian this year. He's a rising star, um, you know, big name in our sport. And all I find are little sound bites, you know, when he wins a big race and he gets interviewed. Um, and it's just about that race and that horse. And it's like, as a fan of the sport, I really don't have a way to get to know who this guy is and to, to want to build a reason to cheer for him. Um, so I thought, well, you know, not everybody has a chance to go and sit down with Bob McClure, but I can, I can call him up. I can go hang out at his house and, and we can just have a casual conversation and record it. And, um, I think people have shown a appetite for that type of content that people want to get to know the stars in our sport. And on the flip side of it, the stars in our sport, the people across our industry, whether it be grooms, trainers, drivers, um, track executives, everybody wants to open up and let people get to know them. They just haven't had the place to do that. So, I mean, I've got a list of probably 50 people right now that I got to coordinate and, uh, and go and do this with. So it's sort of, People want to hear it, and people want to do it. So it was sort of a perfect combination. Ryan, did it take a long time for people to kind of drop their guard and, you know, talk to you about this type of stuff, or did it kind of convincing? You know, I'm kind of in a lucky position because I'm not seen as competing against anybody. Um, you know, if a, if a fellow trainer went and tried to have that conversation with Ron Burke, it might be a little harder. But when the guy who makes horse racing video games, it's like I'm not – I'm not threatening, right? And I don't show up with a camera crew. I show up with my cell phone and a cell phone and a little microphone and the way we go, um, you know, and I just make sure that, uh, that everyone's aware that it's not an interview. It's just a chance for people to get to know you. And uh, we can talk about whatever comes up. I'm not going to drill you with questions. We're just going to go with the flow and we don't have to cover any certain number of topics. It's just people want to know what you're interested in and what uh, what you think about. You know, Ryan, I'm starting to sense a theme, and, and uh, you know, when we put this show together, I think we've got, uh, honestly, three of the best marketing minds in the sport of harness racing on this show today. And I'm starting to sense a theme about where I think you guys collectively are going, and that's trying to tell some of the stories uh, behind the horse, behind the horseman, mm-hmm. behind the horsewoman. And, you know, to be honest with you, and, you know, when Mike Carter and I started this show four years back, that was kind of one of our goals is because there are so many great stories out there that just don't get told. Yeah. And that's really what people are craving. I mean, stories is where it all starts. Um, like I said, with any sport, it, it's the story behind the person, behind the player, behind the horse. That's, that's what gets you engaged. And, you know, we, we have great broadcasting teams across our sport, but when you see the, the big days in the Kentucky Derby, um, you'll you'll see that brought into the brought into the spotlight and they'll be telling the story of the you know the horse with one eye who made it to the Kentucky Derby and it's it really gets you emotionally invested I think that is you know that's very important in uh, bringing new people to the sport 
trying to attract somebody with a, from the wagering side is just, it's a, it's a tough first interaction for, especially for a younger audience to, as an entryway into the sport. You know, Ryan, um, and, and honestly, I can't remember who brought this up. It was brought up on social media a couple of days ago, and I, I uh, please accept my apologies for not remembering who brought this up because I, I think it's an actual good point. You know, and, and when you see how sports is presented on TV, how major sports is is presented on TV, uh, not only do uh, you know you get the uh, the thrill of victory. Okay. Not only do they interview the winners, but you also get the agony of defeat. You also, they also interview the losers. And obviously that's not a very easy thing to do from an interviewing point of view. If you're the interviewer to go into the losing locker room after a team just lost game, some of the world series in heartbreaking fashion and talk to the coach and talk to some of the players, but it's done anyway. Do you think harness racing needs to do that? Do you think they need to kind of balance the thrill of victory with the agony of defeat and maybe talking to some of these trainers and owners and drivers that, you know, may have, you know, listen, hey, if it's Yannick Shingron, you broke on a three to five favorite, the Hamiltonian, should we get Yannick Shingron to talk about that right after it happens, you know, even if he wants to or not? Absolutely. So, um, on the, a few weeks ago on social media, I, I watched a race at Mohawk and uh, they were three wide to the half. And you could tell that there was a, there was a war and that some words were going to be said after the race. And I, I posted on Twitter, I said, man, I'd love to have a camera and a microphone pointed at the paddock where they're getting off the horses right now to hear what they said. And, you know, betters, when they lose or if they win, they want to know that the that the driver's frustrated too. And that the driver's not just happy going about his business that he, that he lost on that three to five shot. They want to, they want to be able to share that with somebody. They're going to go rant on social media, but at least if they can know that that the driver trainer, you know, is equally disappointed more so um, it it, it buys some credibility into it. And uh, you know, I ended up getting the story from that one and, uh, and people, people are interested in hearing that. And yeah, it's going to be tough. Um, you're going to have to have a broadcast team that's willing to, to get into those tough situations. And the drivers might have to be, um, might have to work towards opening up like this. I know they do it in some places in the world. Um, Hong Kong, when the jockeys come off the track, they always do a 10 second interview just with a comment of what happened when they're coming off the track. I think that's a, that's definitely a great idea and something that people would enjoy. I think harness racing a lot of times is, uh, is scared of controversy. And you know what? Controversy is not a bad thing every once in a while. You know, mm-hmm. like honestly, like you know, when we were broadcasting the Hamiltonian a couple of years ago and uh, Dave Miller and Ron Burke got disqualified, uh, I mean, wouldn't that have been a great opportunity, you know, to right after that happened to get the reaction from trainer Ron Burke or driver Dave Miller? Oh, absolutely. And I think one of the things holding us back from there is our, our business model is a little different than other sports. Um, I was watching an NFL game the other day and the broadcaster was just railing on how awful of a call the referees made. Um, and he's perfectly able to do that. And it's, a, it's good because he's identifying with the fan base who's thinking the same thing. Um, whereas if we're restricted from being able to have a broadcaster, a color commentator who can who can identify with what the customer's thinking? Um, you know, we're losing a lot of credibility there. Where, where, whether it's the drivers, the trainers, the judges, anything should be fair game to discuss on the broadcast in a perfect world. Um, and I know that's not an easy place to get to, but 
if we're just avoiding the topic, the customer's thinking about it anyways. Um, and if we're not talking about it, they know we're just we're just avoiding the topic because because it can't be touched on for whatever reason. Good stuff. Good stuff. Ryan, listen, before we let you go, obviously got a lot of things going on with uh, catch driver and uh, often pacing kind of give us an update on where we're going. I, did I read that right? Is, is 2D coming back? Is that going to be an option in catch driver? Yeah, that's actually out right now. Um, some players are excited about that. Uh, some of the older devices couldn't run 3D as well. So we, we figured we'd let people play in both. Um, people like that classic arcade game version. So we brought that back. Um, but we're also going the other direction. I'm uh, talking with Woodbine to work towards getting a uh, catch driver VR arcade machine. So where you could play this game, but in virtual reality and sitting in a sulky and holding reins. Um, so we're, we're really excited about that. We've got, um, we've got some other ideas in the works and uh, just sort of plugging away and trying to build those partnerships with the industry. Um, like I said, we've done this all with no resources to this point. And if we can get some power behind us, I really think we can, uh, we can do a whole lot more. Good stuff. Ryan Clemens. So listen, before we let you go, Ryan, where could, uh, where could people follow you on social media? Well, I'm everywhere, but uh, often pacing underscore Rye on Twitter, uh, Ryan Clements on Facebook. Um, uh, wherever you search Ryan Clements, you'll find me. All right. And one final thing, uh, are you still supplying security for uh, your judges? Uh, absolutely. It's necessary. <laughs> We're going to have to to bulk it up. Uh, people get pretty passionate about their uh, catch driving. So, Yeah, well, Mike Carter's had to be in an undisclosed location down in his underground bunker on several nights as he uh, made rulings. Listen, Ryan, we certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy. Best of luck to you in the future. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. <laughs> Mike, you still in hot Mike so won't even answer the phone. You got you one of the voice-changing devices now. Oh, I'm still here. I can hear you. <laughs> okay. You Beautiful. had to bring that up, didn't you? Ah, I figured you would. Well, you know, well, listen, that's uh, some good stuff. You know, you know kind of what, what goes into, uh, you know, like James Witherite, he's into officiating now, uh, hockey. And uh, we were talking the other day about, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's, I hate to say it, but it's almost like a, a, an, an instinctive reaction when something goes wrong, I mean, whether whatever sport it is, to kind of blame the, uh, you know, the official or the ref or the regulator or whoever's in charge. Boy, you're not kidding. I umpire baseball, and, you know, it, it never fails. Uh, you know, you, you never, ever, ever want the last call to come down to you. And, you know, with the sport of harness racing, the, the call that decides the race is literally the last call. And I remember umpiring a game last year, and it was tied at 13, and, catcher's interference happened and I just closed my eyes and I went, Oh dear God, please tell me that wasn't what I thought I heard. And the base umpire <laughs> and the base umpire looked at me and he just tapped his hand and I knew immediately that we had a problem. And of course the bases were loaded. It ended the game. I mean, it was, and you don't want to be the one that has to end the game. But unfortunately in those situations, you don't really have much of a choice. No, certainly not. Anyway, before we uh, get off the air, Mike, we've uh, paid our bills, so we're good on commercials. But uh did want to talk to you a little bit about the symposium. You were there last Thursday down at Arizona, and uh, it was a couple-of-day event. And you were kind of excited when I was talking to you uh, on the way back about some of the things, some of the ideas that were exchanged. Kind of tell us a little bit about what, uh, what kind of happened down there and your takeaways from the event. You know, it's one of those things, Mike, where, you know, everybody kind of gets 
90, about 90 to 95% thoroughbred guys, but there's a fair amount of harness people there. Um, I saw Daryl Wood and the guys from the Virginia Racing uh, area, and, you know, just hearing the stories. And, again, we talk about these stories and of the sport of horse racing just in general. And, you know, to hear Jill Byrne get up on stage and say everything that she did about where Virginia was and where they are now, I mean, it was just amazing to hear some of the marketing ideas and the time and the energy that they put into this type of stuff. And, you know, just some of the marketing ideas that came away from this, um, some of the handicapping um, uh, sessions that we heard, uh, Pat Cummings and those guys, they actually have a betters, um, a betters uh, forum, so to speak. And it's really kind of cool to hear them bounce ideas off each other about takeout and things that tracks can do. And they give, not only do they give some of the issues of the sport, but they also give sort of a solution behind it. And that's important. That's important. I mean, a lot of times, and let's be honest, and you probably see it a lot more than I do being in uh, your situation, but on social media, you see a lot of people uh, just kind of fire off a little bit, but nobody, well, I shouldn't say nobody, uh, but a lot of those same people kind of don't fire back with solutions or suggestions on what they may might think might better the situation. That's right. And, you know, that's one thing that's huge about that is, you know, you want to, when you bring a problem, you also want to bring a solution with it. And I think that is key. And uh, so, yeah, so the symposium was a lot of fun. Uh, we got to see uh, one of our guys, uh, Alex Hogsville, take down uh, one of the student of the year awards. And, you know, it, it, it's just really kind of cool to meet the kids, to see their projects, to see what they're thinking about and where they want to go into the sport of horse racing just in general, whether it be broadcasting, whether it be being a horseman, trainer, owner, um, whether it be a judge. Um, one of the students I saw from last year's uh, conference is actually working for Rope now um, for the Racetrack Officials Program. So it, it's just a really, really cool, uh, really, really cool event. All right. Well, listen, uh, once again, uh, before we let everybody go, uh, Mike Carter, you'll be at the Meadowlands tonight. You're going to be announcing, so make yep. sure you check that out. Um, they have live video on their website, or, of course, you can see that in your ADW, or if you're close enough, you can go on track and uh, visit Mike Carter and uh, make him more nervous than he, than he actually is going to. Actually, no, Mike's, <laughs> a, Mike's a seasoned veteran. He's, he's not going to be nervous, and uh, you'll be co-hosting the show with Abe Brower tomorrow, so uh, on Friday, so... Uh, you'll be right down there with the fans. So any fans in the area, especially tomorrow, because Mike will be up in the booth today, but tomorrow maybe stop by and, and uh, say hello to Mike. And, uh, Mike, you're going to have a blast Friday and Saturday, I can guarantee you. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it's a new environment. Uh, it's my first fair mutual card at the Meadowlands that I'll get the call. And then uh, to sit down with Dave Brower is just amazing in its own right. I mean, you know, with Dave a ton. And, you know, the amount of knowledge amazing. Yeah, and Dave's a superior, superior broadcaster to work with. He's absolutely great. He's now an award winner. Well-deserved, so congratulations to our friend and colleague, Dave Brower. Don't forget, our nominations close on Monday at noon. Go to posttimewithmikeandmike.com to uh, make sure you get those nominations in. Make sure that you write a little bit of a bio. Time is running out. We've got seven great categories. It's Post Time with Mike and Mike Awards season. And once again, go to posttimewithmikeandmike.com to get those nominations in. You've got until Monday afternoon. And we will see you with our awards nomination show coming up next Thursday morning at 1030. Good night, everybody. Closing time, turn all of the lights on over every boy and every girl. Closing time, one.
Can't stay here I know 